in John chapter 20, beginning at verse 19. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. According to the majority of English translations, the purpose of John's Gospel is that hearers will come to believe or continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. This believing is very important because through it, the hearers will have life in Jesus' name. So verse 31. But the immediately preceding verses are all about Thomas believing. Or are they? The original term used by John can be rendered as faith, faith as a noun, or believe as a verb, something that we do. In English translations, it also fully includes the concept of trust. So John uses this original term to range from trusting in something or someone, relying on something or someone, to believing something is true. But the English term believe has a a predominantly mental emphasis. Our brain 
either assents to what we hear or not. Trust, on the other hand, is more to do with relationships and it encompasses the feelings that influence our thoughts and our actions. Therefore, we often associate believing with what goes on in our head and trusting with what happens in our hearts. So if we were to reread John chapter 20, 27 and following, and accept the, the definition of trusting, then it may go something like this. Jesus words to Thomas, do not be distrusting, but trusting. And are you trusting because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to trust. The purpose of the gospel can also be rendered as so that you may come to trust that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through trusting you may have life in his name. But this notion of trust is actually quite risky because it challenges us to open doors. So how does this illuminate the gospel of Jesus? Well, we just simply ask, need to ask those who are profiting and benefiting from a concept called designing for trust. And it's something that has become quite widespread in our economies. If you've ever stayed at an Airbnb accommodation, or if you've taken a taxi, or maybe you've taken a greater risk of opening your car or your home as a host or as a driver. All of these services are evidence of the power of trust to build relationships, even amidst a very real risk. And our passage today highlights how Jesus' ministry is designed for trust. It's all about opening doors, car doors, house doors, and even locked doors, doors that were protecting the disciples. In an interview on the internet, the founder of the Airbnb organization, Joe Gebebia, describes how Designing for trust is a critical factor in getting people to open doors, whether to let people in or to let people out. In the case of the disciples, it's a matter of getting them out the door, despite the risks, in order that they might fulfil the commission given to them by Jesus. Aren't we also, as churches, in the business of opening doors, whether encouraging new people to enter our communities of faithful believers, or sending out people into ministry 
to find those who may come and join us. So how might designing for trust influence our churches? Well, the idea of risk is not something that everybody wants to embrace eagerly. But it is essential to eliciting trust and perhaps more importantly, eliciting trusting actions. Our passage uh, depicts a community immobilised by fear after Jesus' crucifixion. And Jesus' task is to remobilise them. The inherent risk to the disciples is precisely why trust is needed. Risk and trust go hand in hand. The amount of risk one is willing to take is dependent upon the amount of trust that one has. One does not need to risk anything in order to trust. However, one must take a risk in order to engage in trusting action. Risk is the indispensable ingredient that transforms trust into trusting action. So this highlights the pivotal nature of the resurrection appearances for the formation of the disciples. The very risky post-crucifixion situation is the fertile ground upon which their trust in Jesus can grow. But vulnerability is something that we also consistently avoid. But could it be that from the example of Jesus and the disciples in our passage, could vulnerability be an opportunity for growth? How can trust grow? Trust in God. Trust in each other as fellow believers. If we avoid all risk. Also included in the idea of trust is that there is the need for cooperation. Primarily cooperation with Jesus. The resurrected Jesus is seeking the cooperation of his disciples to continue his ministry. The Holy Spirit is not thrust upon them. Neither are they pushed out of the door. Cooperation does not require trust in every situation. For example, cooperation often occurs in the presence of coercive power or in the absence of risk. Neither of these exists in the situation of Jesus and his disciples. Jesus has eschewed traditional power structures throughout his ministry and he warns the disciples about the risk of persecution, yes, and even death. Thus, 
Trust is an indispensable precursor for what Jesus is asking the disciples to do, to continue his ministry on earth, commissioned with the Holy Spirit. If we neglect to grow our trust in Jesus by avoiding risk, how can we possibly cooperate with Jesus' post-resurrection ministry? And so we have this example of Jesus and Thomas, where we have uh, an illustration of building trust through cooperation. In a risky situation, trust is needed for cooperation even to begin. But once established, a trust relationship can be nurtured through further cooperation. We see this in the interaction between Jesus and Thomas. Jesus makes his body available to Thomas and Thomas cooperates with Jesus' instructions to examine his hands and side. Jesus' exhortation to trust is a follow-up to these cooperative actions. This is a demonstration of the evolution of trust through relationship. And trust is not a one-time absolute assent to something, but it is a, a virtue that is found in relationships, relationships that can be nurtured and grown. So understanding how John uses the word belief reveals a gospel that tutors us on designing for trust. One consequence of hearing Jesus' words to Thomas as nurturing rather than admonishing is that we see how Jesus in our lives invites us to walk through a door, a door that is marked trust. And even as we may be aware that this is a risk that we are taking, we are also aware in the midst of that risk, we are cooperating with the resurrected Jesus. He walks through doors before us. We follow after him into a ministry of saving souls and bringing about God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven.